Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tack. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You smell like a leopard gnome! I knew it! So hot! A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken! Hello everyone and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host, Austin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ridiculous Hat Hat. It's been a pretty wild week in Hearthstone. We have so much to talk about. We have a patch right before Christmas. We had Worlds last weekend. Uh, man, it's just it's been crazy busy considering it's the holidays. <laughs> I had to go back and double check that I didn't miss any news because I remember the signature compensation thing. But no, we did that. That was last no, week. No, that was last week. <laughs> yeah, but there's but there's just a lot. There's just it's just they. They did it. They patched before Christmas. Yeah, which we were we were kind of on the fence of if they were actually going to get to it or not. They did patch right after last year's world as well, but um it was it was very much on the fence of like, are they going to be able to push this through? Because obviously Christmas moves a little every year and really didn't know if they were gonna get it in um right before Christmas, but they did. So uh, yeah, we have a whole new patch to talk about this week. But before we get into that, we wanted to say a very big special thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash tack. And not only over on patreon.com slash tack, but also I wanted to say a very big thank you to our patrons in the Discord server, which you get access to by becoming a tack patron. Uh, Because we had some really cool conversations with you guys over the last week or so. I'm going to compile all the feedback over the break. Uh, This is our last episode of 2022, so we will be back in the first week of January. But uh, yeah, we are taking next week off. Oh, that's excellent. I didn't know we were doing that, but I'm really grateful we are. Yes, you did. We have talked about this already. <laughs> we talked about it. That doesn't mean I knew it. That means we talked about it. Okay. I got it. It didn't sink in. Yes. No, this is our last show of 2022. Um, so over the break, I'm going to be putting all of that feedback together because you guys um, said some very, very kind, really sweet things in the Discord server about um, our us going ad-free for everybody. And uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for your suggestions and your feedback. And we are going to be going through all that over the break and uh, making some decisions and relaunching the Patreon uh, in the new year. So thank you guys so much for being so active and uh, giving of yourselves to us uh, in this last week. It's been really, really awesome. So uh, again, you don't have to be a patron if you would like to give us some feedback of uh, what you think would make you become a TAC patron. Uh, you can do that through any any means that you like. Uh, you can reach out to us in other discords. You can DM us. You can uh, reach out to us on Twitter. We're all over the place. So if you can find us, you can send us a message and let us know uh, what might push you into uh, supporting TAC through Patreon. We want to hear from everybody, not just our current patrons. So uh, with that in mind, we wanted to say thank you this week to our new patrons, Cloudy and Barack Obama. Barack. <laughs> Barack Obama. It's it's <laughs> a vodka so brand. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yes, but also it's a pretty great pun. 
Uh, yes. So, uh, I mean, obviously, hat appreciates a pun much more than I do, but I had no idea that was a brand of anything. So <laughs> I was like, I seen in hat's notes, it just says brackets, LOL. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> but yes, thank you guys so much uh, for becoming patrons of TAC and uh, for supporting the show. Very, We very much appreciate it. Uh, now it's time for some Hearthstone news. Good news, everyone. We got a patch. 25.0.4 is live already. Uh, there is, oh man, there's a lot of stuff in here. So uh, yeah, before, we got before some. Before we go any further, can okay. we say in December, when like half the office is probably out, they have released a set and patched it four times in two weeks. Ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. Really, really want to explicitly appreciate the not just design, but the production and live ops teams for making this stuff get in the game, it is not without cost. And it is very hard to do it. And getting anything done in any office in the month of December already is a Herculean task. And they've been shipping oh, yes. stuff nonstop. <laughs> so really want to go out of my way to make sure to express thanks to the live ops production engineering teams just for getting this stuff in the game. I hope that they get like their holiday vacation dead month in January. <laughs> like, yes. I hope that they just get some time to chill uh, post holidays. But uh, yeah, so we did uh, we did get a patch. It is live already. Uh, 25.0.4. There's a lot of stuff in here. So we had some changes to standards. We had both nerfs and buffs in this patch. So most of the nerfs hit, um, well, I guess other classes and most of the buffs or I think all of the buffs hit Death Knight specifically. So we yes. have uh, a bit more powerful Death Knights and kind of reined in other classes. So uh, we're just going to go in the order that they are in the blog post. So first and foremost, Demon Hunter, uh, Unleash Fell was changed uh so used to be mana thirst four now mana thirst six and again that means that we've got um if you have six mana it does another thing or an extra thing and so in this case it's uh the gaining of lifesteal happens at six mana instead of four mana so um what do you think in terms of this change because i know like i hadn't seen too too much of this demon hunter deck but um, it was much more of a of a high legend thing. A lot of a lot of these changes seem to be aimed at some high legend stuff. Other than I would say rogue is kind of everywhere. But um, how do you feel about this change? It was all over the world championship. But unleash unleash fell was just it was like every game we're unleashing all of the fell. <laughs> so what it is mana thirst to six enough? So to 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 for the big picture, you and I both watched worlds. Cool tournament. Yes. And also a showcase of all the things they wanted to nerf. Every yes. single thing that was good at Worlds, <laughs> except for maybe, I think there was like a couple of big spell mages that maybe they didn't get nerfed, but a lot of the mage decks were like ping with Renathal. So almost yeah. anything that you saw at Worlds is no longer playable, which is probably a good thing because we got to see the best in the world do it, but also we got to see a bunch of play patterns that probably needed to be pulled back and if you if you look at the top of this article their comment balance changes at this point in expansion are made with early somewhat limited data for these changes we like to address the most egregious power outliers and play patterns that we know we don't like 
cards that we're likely to adjust down the line anyway as the meta evolves over time. We hope and expect to make some spicier changes in our next balance patch once we have more data. So these are high confidence changes and things they say, oh no, we don't want you doing that. So Unleash Fell was one mana tidal wave. It hit all of your stuff for three. They gained a billion life and it happened mm -hmm. whenever they wanted to. So this is a change from Mana Thirst 4 to Mana Thirst 6. Because at Mana Thirst 4, it was impossible to get under a Demon Hunter deck. And now there's actually a choice on turn 4 or 5. Do I clear you and not gain the life, but gain effective life because you don't hit me with your stuff? Or do I wait and possibly die? That's interesting. That's compelling. It provides tension. And it does actually have an impact. Quest LDH has gotten a lot worse because they can't just randomly gain life when they, whenever they want. Uh, in addition, they nerfed Relic of Dimensions from 5 mana to 6 mana, because if you watched Worlds, Bunny Hopper against, I think it was, I forget who he was playing, it wasn't in the finals, it wasn't Dead Draw, it was right before that. Um, he was playing a Quest Demon Hunter Mirror, and on turn 3, with no minions in play, Relic Vault Extinction, just to increase the counter by 2, so that Relic would discount more. The curve yep. was so powerful. And you didn't even need to discount that much in the quest deck. Because like if you were taking off two or three mana, it was, it was enough. Uh, but, yeah, that was everything anyway. <laughs> yeah. The curve was just really, really tight and easy to hit. And it's you can still play Spellfell Rel, but the quest deck that depended on hitting these specific points did get worse. And it needed to get mm -hmm. worse. Because you watched Worlds, I watched Worlds. People were dying on turn six routinely. There was this game where the Jace got, uh, I think it was against Yuyi, the Jace got plague spreadered, and the priest was at 44 and still died on turn eight, and the demon hunter had fatigued. Like, no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the relic was was definitely i i mean obviously too strong it got nerfed but uh yeah the power level of the card i think was definitely on display because um there were and i was just trying to look it up before sorry uh but yeah so there were i think 13 demon hunters qu all quest demon hunters there was no variety it was all quest demon hunters um in the championships and so we saw and it was also not the deck that was being targeted it wasn't the or sorry it wasn't the deck being banned it was just kind of the deck that everyone expected to get like one win with like no one was going 3-0 if their opponent had demon hunter um so like it wasn't the target of bans which meant that we very much saw a lot of demon hunter we saw a lot of mirrors we saw a lot of uh just demon hunters taking wins against basically every other deck they played against almost so um yeah it was it was very much that uh, we saw a lot of relics over the weekend and uh this i think was very well deserved it kind of uh messes up their their plans a little bit and like you say it creates some more tension in the deck which really was needed and it's worth noting if you're playing Spell Fell Relic, if you're playing the spell deck that's trying to do fair adjacent things, as opposed to the quest deck which is trying just to cheat as much as possible, Spell Fell Relic is still good, even though this card costs more, because they do other stuff. They do deal with the devil on five. But the quest deck doesn't have anything because it doesn't want to play any minions. So 
this nerf only hit the evil stuff, but the but the quasi evil spellfell rel deck that you you've tried some Josh, that deck is still totally did, yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of decks that I tried, I am so mad about this next change. Uh, it's just, it's, oh, makes me so sad. Uh, so they changed to Nupercon and I know, I know that, um, there was a, so obviously I was also playing an Nupercon OTK deck. Um, however, I feel like mine was a little more varied from what druid was normally doing like i i don't think like the quest druid the uh, gaining attack and armor quest druid that gave guff as a reward never really um saw a whole lot of play at any kind of point and that was the direction that i took the deck and i had a lot of fun playing it i talked about it i think this is the third show in a row now i've talked about this deck it was so much fun and uh yeah it just um the deck that I think was problematic was the one that played around with um, what's his face, Astalor. And uh, I feel like my deck was an unfortunate, like innocent bystander collateral damage situation because uh, I think that's what they were aiming for. And I'm a little sad that they went after Anubricon instead of Astalor because I also don't think the Druid is the only one doing Astalor shenanigans. So. I don't really know why they went after an enabler in Druid and stopped you from being able to do other cool stuff instead of going after the problem card in Astalor. And they're both new. It's not like they're not new. <laughs> so I don't really know why um, Astalor wasn't touched, but Anubricon was. It makes me sad. So I, I got some thoughts here. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> first of all, Joss, I understand the appeal of what you're doing. And I'm glad you were doing it. I will say the people on the receiving end of your guff combo probably weren't like, no, that was the good version. That was okay. <laughs> well, but like, so <laughs> I feel like um, I died a whole lot more than the Astalor version, or I imagine that I did. Like my win rate was probably about 50-50, but when I pulled it off, it felt really good. And I got a lot of like friend requests afterwards that were like, I haven't seen this deck. I talked last week about Kajitar and how we found each other on ladder and he knew it was actually me because I was playing this Anubricon quest deck. Um, and so like, I mean, I got some some non-sarcastic, not angry people adding me afterwards when I was able to pull off the combo and they were like, that was really cool. I've never seen that work before. So like, I don't know. I mean... I like to think I was playing the good guy combo deck because I don't think combo decks are necessarily bad. Like, I think it's really cool. Oh, we're going to get so many OTK. tweets now. We're going to get I so many care. tweets. <laughs> I don't Because like, okay, when you have to put together a combo that takes like eight cards, I feel like you've done your work. <laughs> I, listen, so, I'm here for it. I'm I, team lethality. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm here for it. So, all right. I don't want our show to be branded as Druid Defenders. I do not want that to happen. <laughs> but I worry that, that there's going to be some out-of-context quotes here because I hate this nerf. But I don't hate it for the reason that people probably think um, Bran Astalor was happening too much, right? And people Astalor talked about the Bran wasn't thing. even in my deck. <laughs> it wasn't. No, he wasn't. It's 
people like the brand discourse has been going on for so long. I don't want to belabor yeah. the point, but also like this is all just like druid things and guff giving people access to more mana than 10 and things happen and brand is along for the ride and you know whenever uh, he's always the driver in the getaway car whenever there's bank robber we've been over all this stuff um and this is also a format that's pretty like combo and burst damage heavy so i don't think it's fair to say um that this was a particular outlier because it really wasn't though they did pull back a lot of the kill you from 30 or 40 combos because there's a lot like a lot of the decks now they do burn damage over time it's like after turn after turn after turn so you can theoretically heal up after the format's not taking that shape yet but it could because they nerfed most of the kill you from one turn things um i do think a is a really cool interesting card where bran and astalor kind of enabled a really easy access and I am kind of curious why Bran just didn't get something. Just like, because it's he's not too good. And I do think the Bran play patterns are really fun everywhere except Druid, even including Druid. But like, you throw it in your in your Shaman deck with a school teacher, I don't think you're hurting anybody. I don't think it's causing any problems. You got Macaw, you got Boulder, we're already doubling Battlecries, I think that's okay. Uh, but he's been around for 10 months and also is an old standard card. What would the format look like if you just booted him and then let a Nubricon be a Nubricon? But the main reason that I hate a Nubricon nerf is because it makes your Nubricon turn just about the combo because you can't do anything else. And if you spend all your mana, you can't play your Crypt Keepers. And if you do play your Crypt Keepers up front, you eat some of the next three minions. But if you play them at the end, you don't have any armor left because you spent it. So that means this card only gets used for game-ending combos now. It's never a tempo card anymore unless you're about to lose. It minimizes the amount of things you can do and constrains the space that this card exists into only being seen with game-ending combos, which you can still do. They're way slower. Ramtruid isn't good now. I think that's mostly the Renathal nerf. I don't think it was really all that good before. It was barely over 50%, but whatever. People don't hear that. Um, <laughs> but if you play Astalor 2 earlier in the game, you just do... Bran, Anubricon, Astlor 5, Astlor 8, Astlor 8, and you still have your 64. So it's slower, it's worse, but people can still do it. And if people are trying out Blood Decay, they're still going to get Astlor 64. Like, that's still going to happen uh, because Blood Decay doesn't have enough lethality pressure, whatever. So I am hoping for some kind of future adjustment to Druid that allows Druid to continue existing because it serves an important role in the meta without OTKs. And after Guff and Brand rotate, it's not going to have OTKs. They can probably put this back. And I really want a Nubricon to go back to being a cool board swing card where I play it and then play my minions as opposed to being so sequence-focused and only being seen as a combo piece or a desperate defensive play. I can agree with with all of that. And I know like I'm salty because the deck that I really liked, <laughs> you know, is not a thing anymore. But uh yeah, I think that uh, all of your points are are very valid, and uh, I know, like Cora's already said, and we covered this last week, that they're they are looking at something, probably a rotation of Bran uh, sure. with the he's next standard back. year. Yeah, yeah, he's not coming back. So, I mean, like we already know that like that piece is is kind of dealt with in in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that then they can pull some things back that they may have changed because Bran was in the meta and because or in standard. And, uh, and yeah, we'll have to see where that goes uh, with the standard rotation in March, April ish. 
Um, so other than Druid, uh, we also got nerfs over on the priesty side of things. So Boon of the Ascended is going up a mana. So four to five. Is this enough? Because holy hell, there were some shenanigans in worlds with Boon of the Ascended. And I've seen a couple of big boons, but like yeah. there were some big boons <laughs> huge in boons. worlds. There was some huge, huge boons. Uh, it was it was just absolutely insane. And like people were just like they were doing it on turn four and and their opponents were just like yep you got the nuts okay concede like in worlds <laughs> like there just was no way to play around a very good priest draw which is i think obviously why this and there's a there's a couple or there's one other priest change as well um but yeah boon to five enough so i'm gonna post a screenshot from discord in the twitch chat here because I was playing some Boon Priest before the changes. And my opponent, on turn four, made an 11-11 stealth minion and a 10-3 dagger. Was not even close to enough. Because on my turn five, I said, okay, let me make a 21-23 and a 21-23 with taunt your turn. I won that game. Uh, by the I way, imagine so. <laughs> by the way, it was actually close. Because they got two of the deadly shot concoctions, and if they had hit my 2123s, I would have lost. It was actually close. Mm. Hearthstone 2022, wacky plays. They nerfed everything <laughs> you see in play here, by the way. Everything <laughs> you see is now nerfed. Um, which I, was, you know, I tried to show it, but my cropping was all off, so <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> Click on the link, the Discord link that Hat shared. <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes as well. So, Boon to 5 by itself, I'm not sure, would have been enough, but they also nerfed Pri uh, Priestess Felish. From zero to one mana. Uh, and that was enough to make people play it a lot less. Which honestly, I don't even care if it's better or worse. Those stats indicate that it's worse. Um, not like unplayable, but definitely worse. And I just want to not see this thing. I just want to not see it. Because it is infuriating to face. Yeah, I feel like um, Boon, if it just cost four... And like always cost four and never got reduced, it would be fine. But the fact that you see it so many times, either with its mana discounted by Radiant Elementals or whatever, or with Priestess like giving you all your mana back. So instead of, you know, a four mana turn, you have an eight mana turn. Um, like it just seemed like they had too much mana cheat. And so you were never paying four for Boon. And you were never trying to, like, boon a three drop, you know? Like, you were never booning something that was, like, a three four. You were booning, like you say, a 21-23. That is too big. <laughs> it's yeah. too many. So, I mean, like, yeah, it was a combination of, like, mana cost slash mana reduction or mana um, renewal, I guess, that they it's, kind of had access to. It is mana yeah. And yeah. it's... And you see from the notes, Boon Priest not common or overly powerful at most levels of play, but is the best performing deck at high legend and it wins through frustrating play patterns. They get it. This was yeah. the vast majority of players never saw it, but nobody that did frequently wanted to see it again. Go ahead and yeah. nerf it. Good call. Um, Norwis, by the way, he's a, he's a uh, Russian high legend player. Uh, he hit rank one legend on two servers with Boon Priest today. So it might still be okay, but the play rate is way down. Good enough for me. 
I'll take it. Yeah. And, you know, it does bring up kind of like an interesting conversation around priest because I feel like it's been a long time since they have had a competitively viable beloved deck. <laughs> like It feels like it's been a long time since priests have done something that the community is like, Yes, we like this. It doesn't have a super OP or not fun play pattern to be on the receiving end of. Like, I feel like every time Priest has gotten a powerful deck, the community is like, boo, we hate this, boo. <laughs> like, it's been a long, long time. You're going to make me go look because I, the last like, thing... I mean, I, people didn't like Spiteful. I feel like Dragon Priest was well-received for the most part. Spiteful, we're going part. back. Do you know what year Spiteful oh, yeah, Summoner I'm was printed back. in? I'm going back, back. I'm going back as far as I can remember, like, priesty things. That, like, even when they did anything to do with, like, buffing health and, and minions that can't attack and, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, he, the Humongous Priest decks that was, like, Angoro. I feel like people didn't like that. And they, like, nerfed and rotated a whole bunch of their abilities to do that. And then um, there was also the, um, like, Raza Priest. People hated Raza Priest. It, I feel like Priest is a very difficult to design class. Just period. And Everything that they've tried to do and that is priesty, nobody's liked. <laughs> because the priests, the priests enjoy not being liked. But I, mm. I do think Stormwind's quest priest has, like, it's very rarely been actually competitively viable. We don't see it in tournaments much, but it's always been popular. Well, and see, that's I, the thing. It's not competitively viable, though. Like, they haven't been able to do something that's competitive and liked. <laughs> Those are the two pieces. <laughs> yeah, though, to be fair, things that beat people usually get complained about. It's not, that's not just pre-specific. Priest definitely pulls on the griefer strings a little bit more. Uh, but I'm going to call Quest Priest a win for them because people act like it's competitively viable, but don't complain about it as much. And it keeps seeing play even a year later, even though it started off being bad. It did get better over time. It was decent in Voyage, it was decent in Nathria. Whenever Rogue is too good, Quest Priest is good. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I just, I feel like the, the Priest design space in general must be really hard to work in, and uh, community sentiment around Priest, I feel like, you're right, like, there's just the Priest playstyle seems to annoy people just so much more than anything else for whatever reason. Whether it's stealing your stuff or cheating their stuff or whatever, people just, just don't like it, so... Except the priest mains who thrive Except on the your suffering. Mains. Yes, they love exactly. They love hated. your tears. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you mentioned Rogue. Let's talk about Rogue because uh, we did get a nerf to Draka as well as Sinstone Graveyard, which were uh, two. I mean, they've they've been around for a little bit now, and uh, yeah, they're they're definitely big offenders in terms of like things that feel not fun to play against and you know rogue making gigantic stealth minions you can't interact with or can't easily interact with and then draka making a gigantic weapon with three uh health on the dagger which honestly so the draka change is just a mana change it's uh from four mana to five mana and uh same with this in stone graveyard just a mana cost change so from two to three um, but I feel like the the health on the dagger or like the durability on the dagger, I almost would have rather seen her stay at four, but then lose a durability. 
as a rogue player, as the resident rogue expert, what are your thoughts? <laughs> okay, so like, listen, these are two rogue cards that I was very excited to see because they let you do a bunch of stuff in one turn and then hit your opponent with it. I that, that's <laughs> I've been doing that for a long you time like now. You like to do that. <laughs> yeah. You see this card? You see this card, Necrolord Draka, at four mana? Get that shit out of my game. Get that out of my game. <laughs> it's just, it's it's not interesting. It's not interesting to just play all of my cards and get the big number. It's, I like when the resources are used over time, when I have to decide when to spend them, and I get, you know, I want some scaling payoffs, right? I want to know when do I go all in this thing early, and is that enough? When do I wait? But these decks are all about, like, shadow-stepping shadow mailbox dancers just to make number <laughs> bigger. That's, that's, that's not what I'm interested in. I don't want it to be... I don't want it to be this all in and also this clear of a payoff with this high of a ceiling so quickly because it just gets kind of boring. And while there's flexibility to the games, think about my favorite rogue decks of all time, and they ended up with some really dynamic game states with things like Baron's Rogue was really, really interesting. I did like Alterac Thief Rogue where you had different things that happened each game, but there was a range of possibilities. Um, It was before Colossals were printed, so it wasn't a Queen Ajara deck yet. This is just like super scammy big number on turn four. <laughs> uh, like two durability doesn't matter if I attack for 15 twice on turn four and five. So it's that's you, fair. Could, <laughs> you could pull it back there, but this just shouldn't happen on turn four. It just needs to be slower. So I'm, I'm cool with slowing it down. Maybe these kill the cards. I don't care. These cards have killed enough people. They can be killed for once. It, it's <laughs> You can't leave this in the game forever. I really like the idea going on here, but stacking a bunch of this means the deck just gets so warped around being really, really all in that I think it stops being even as fun to execute uh, as well as fun to, like, not very fun to lose to just because you're you're doing the one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really funny because this is a deck that I that I tried. This is the rogue deck that I was trying to to learn and play and everything else. And it did feel like I wasn't necessarily using all of my cards to the best of their abilities or for their intended use because I just wanted them out of my hand to make the numbers on either the graveyard or Draka bigger. Like you say, like shadow stepping mailbox dancers. Like, do you really want another one? No, it's a mailbox dancer. Like that's boring and stupid and you don't even want it for its card. Like at the card, you just want it for the battle cry and then you're just making other numbers on other cards bigger and better. And it just never really felt satisfying as the person doing it <laughs> i mean you can have some fun turns you can edwin for a, for like seven cards and make this giant board out of nowhere i'm not gonna say it's not fun to do that from time to time i have enjoyed that i have done that to people i don't i don't wish to pretend like i'm innocent but <laughs> these cards were printed in nathria imagine if yeah. that was still the play pattern and standard for another year just i gross they said if we just know like- <laughs> we're going to nerf this later and it's a problem now, let's just nerf it now. I'm glad they did that. They can always pull it back a little bit, but I like the idea of these being more individually. Uh, you need to, to do one of these things and you can't really build your deck around it because it's not, it's not fast enough. Yeah. Uh, so they also took a look at the Death Rattle Rogue and some of the cards that kind of made that deck go. So uh, sketchy information went from three mana to four mana, still has the same um, effect. So uh, it is draw a Death Rattle card that costs four or less and trigger its Death Rattle. 
They also went after Forsaken Lieutenant, which is uh, used to cost two, now it costs three. That one is the 2-2 uh, Stealth. After you play a Death Rattle minion, the 2-2 Stealth becomes a copy of it with Rush, which means obviously it gains the Death Rattle of, of whatever you've played. So you're doubling your Death Rattles in that case. Um, so we've got a, a little bit more of a mana cost on this Death Rattle deck. Um, and... I don't know. What do you think? Because I have tried the Death Rattle Rogue and it was it was pretty fun. But I, I do I did feel like I was doing some pretty overpowered things. And the reason that I decided to try Death Rattle Rogue is it seemed like there were a lot of them around. And I would look at their like board on turn like three and just think, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Why yeah. don't I have anywhere near as much stuff? I'm an unholy DK that's supposed to have board stuff. What is happening right now? Um, so it felt like it was really difficult. And obviously, um, unholy DK is not the strongest deck in the world, but or wasn't the strongest deck in the world before uh, all of the buffs and everything else. But at the same time, uh, it felt like rogues were doing an unfair amount of things. <laughs> so now they can do less unfair things. They nerfed it, so they agree with you. Like, it's, it's, yeah, they, they made it more fair. Um, Death Rattle Rogue. So, like, I do think there's some appeal. I think it's, it was a fun deck. I saw a lot of people, especially yeah. players that didn't normally play Rogue, they picked this up. Same way that they yeah. gravitated toward Shockspitter Hunter. But you start to realize at a certain point, it's not just for the Death Rattle vibes. It's because it's too fast, and they want to do that to yeah, people. It's too and good, yeah. <laughs> it's because every time you play against Death Rattle Rogue, it was it was that experience of just like this is a lot of stats very quickly. Like I had some turn four Neptalons. That's not when that should be. That yeah, it like that should be later. And yeah. all of the <laughs> the past four decks we've talked about that should be later. They pulled back the scamps. Right, you can still die to burn damage in this format, turn seven, turn eight, whatever. But it's not a turn four through six thing anymore. So it should be slower. And the the version looking at HS replay, the version that was most common was the one with a uh, swift scale trickster and a smokescreen with infectious ghouls, forsaken lieutenants, where you would build a board of these five fours that would constantly make more five fours. You would do a lot of that. You would make a lot of Burning Blade Acolytes. You would build a board of 5-8 taunts. And they made the curve clunky. And that version is actively bad now. However, the uh, the other version that was popularized by Jambre, deck builder from uh, from the UK, um, his version is the Masked Reveler version with Neptalon, Gravitoa, Invincible. That deck is still kind of okay. Small sample size. Not a lot of people are playing it because you've got to work harder now. But it's it's not dead. But the more popular archetype is dragging the stats down in a major way and is not doing so hot. So it's even then, this deck might be like actually dead, not like undead. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot of what it was doing. The appeal of the deck was the speed with which it cheated. And if you make two one mana nerfs and you completely kill a deck that was only seeing play for scam reasons, probably a good nerf because... If it can't exist fairly, then it shouldn't exist at all. But it was so fun and so cool and doing different rogue things, which I did appreciate. But uh, yeah, I think it was it was definitely too fast. It was it was too much. It was too fast. So I'm glad that they uh, they took a look at that and didn't make us deal with that over the holidays. And then the big one 
Prince Renathal. Get out of here. They- I need to get a discourse bumper. <sighs> they broke my brain and I hate this. Like the just all of the synergy just gone. It should be 40-40, not 40-35. Or it should be 35-35. I don't know. But anyways, I hate that the numbers don't match now. And I know that that is a very, very stupid complaint. And it's not based in any sort of data or any sort of stats or any anything other than just I like numbers that match <laughs> you're allowed to care about aesthetics you are not the only person yeah, like, that cares about aesthetics <laughs> remember how weird it was when nizoth went to nine we we're like that's not what old gods cost that's yes. not a thing <laughs> same difference same difference yeah. it's the symmetry exactly it's so this uh, is yeah it's an anachronism we're gonna have to explain to people that start playing within the next 12 months they're like this is a weird card where do they come up with these numbers and we'll have to explain like no, it used to be 40-40, and then they had to nerf it partially, but people still wanted 40 cards in their decks. They had 40-35. I was thinking about this the other day. How many deck slots are there in Hearthstone? Uh, the number of classes times three? 27. Number of classes times three is 33. Oh, yeah, number of original classes times three. <laughs> so if, if someone comes in now, if they start playing Hearthstone today, they're like, 27, that's weird. And we say, no, 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 <laughs> it's, it's the number of classes back in the game, and then they had to keep adding pages, and they'll be like, well, why didn't they add more to match, you know, the class they have now? I don't know. It's, it would, I like <laughs> the nine page, I like the nine page aesthetic. I do kind of wish we got to pick based on, like, we got to pick the hero first, then have, like, nine decks per hero or something, but neither here nor there, I'm digressing. That is right crazy talk, crazy talk hat. <laughs> It'd be nice, right? It would be. Uh, but yeah, so Renathal now, uh, same cost, same everything, but uh, starting health at 35 instead of 40. Deck size still 40. And I saw a lot of people commenting that they were glad that they didn't change the deck size because they just enjoyed having another 10 cards to play with and that it was, you know, like harder to make some of those decisions or they liked having tech cards available or whatever. So the like downside of the card, which is making your deck less consistent wasn't a downside for a lot of people. So now we're just in the place where it's, you know, the 35 life is five less than it was before. The decks that were kind of living through any kind of aggression aren't now as often as consistently, which I think is a good thing because uh, some decks, particularly Blood TKs, just had too much health to the point that it wasn't necessarily that they were winning a ton of games like Blood DK needed to be buffed. We're going to talk about the DK buffs in a minute. But um, it just it was just freaking annoying. Like, yeah, I can kill someone from 60, but do I want to? No, I want this game to be over much faster than that. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I'm glad Renathal was changed. But what are what are your thoughts on the on the drop down to 35 life? I feel like we when we were talking about how we would nerf him like a month ago, this was where we kind of landed. Uh, man. <laughs> I am so glad that we get to finish the Renathal discourse, theoretically, because he's just a worse card now, and I, I'm cool with playing standard however it is. I do think that that Renathal, with many decks, the last nine cards you tended to reach for were often school teachers, Sylvanas, Denathrius, whatever, like the same neutral value stuff that started to turn into this mid-range soup where a lot of the same cards would be seen <laughs> over and over again. You can update the show title. It's fine. Um, oh, I'm going to. <laughs> yep. 
So you would just have like a lot of the same ingredients and you'd be like, I know they just got the one potato they chopped up and threw in all the different soups. Like it's, it's whatever. Um, I like, I would still kill these decks a lot of the time because the extra health was offset by the lack of consistency. Which was supposed to be the balance of the card, right? Like right. that was the whole point. And it was, but the control decks actually really couldn't exist when Renathal was around because decks never ran out of stuff. Right? Like, you were just, you couldn't play Control Warrior, or, like, you, it was really tough to play Blood Decay, because you had to go one for one with their stuff, and they had so much stuff, because they just added in a bunch of mid-range soup. So, like, whatever, it's fine. But, pulling it back, a lot of the decks that needed the extra window to survive, that the health granted them, so they could ignore the early game, are getting worse. Not only it's a bad thing to have Ramdurid, Beast Hunter, Thief Row get a little worse... Uh, it, I will say, it does seem like some of the reactive strategies, in particular Plague Spreader Priest, I can't believe I'm about to be sad that Plague Spreader Priest is gone, or at least try to pretend to be for the people <laughs> listening. The Renathal stuff did matter, at least in the beginning of this meta, for figuring out what worked. And right now, there are no reactive decks that I can really point to and say, if you want to wait for your opponent to do something, undo it and win the game, this is what you should do. I can't in good faith recommend any of those. Quest Priest and Plague Expert or Priest go, both got way worse with the changes, both from meta composition standpoint and from having five less life, which matters a lot. Uh, the burn decks got a lot better. So there's no control strategy that I can point to right now. Now, granted, last week it was really only uh, it was really only Plague Expert or Priest and Quest Priest maybe control paladin not a lot of people were playing it maybe you could do that no no it wasn't very popular but even if there was only two strategies that's more than what we have now which is none that i can honestly recommend so i do hope some of those get figured out but i was just tired of seeing the same cards over and over again and getting the same idea of what was going to happen well, yeah, in this game. the the dev comment says that Renathal was the most played card in the game, which I can kind of understand because he had such a crazy effect on him, like the huge health buff, the change to the deck size. Like we had never seen anything like that in Hearthstone before. So obviously he's going to be a pretty impactful card, but I didn't realize he was the most played card in the game. Like I had assumed that would be Denathrius, but uh, yeah. Prince Renathal, most played card in the game, neutral. So we saw a ton of them. I'm glad that they have uh, nerfed him a little bit. So maybe we see a little bit less. Because, um, yeah, it, they even said the meta warped around him for quite a long time. So I'm glad that we're seeing some changes. Um, I'm hoping you can speak to this because I have no idea what's going on with this card. But uh, Tome Tampering is banned in Wild. Uh, apparently, it was just crazy sauce. Uh, three mana, shuffle, one cost card. Co sorry. Shuffle one cost copies of cards in your hand into your deck and then discard your hand. Um, so this was a warlock card. Um, the wild discard warlock deck with tome tampering and all the new stuff printed. You basically just picked up your deck and threw it at people. It was kind of <laughs> disgusting. Because um, you so you remember Malchazar's imp, right? You remember Malchazar's yeah. imp. Uh, one mana, one three, whenever you discard a card, draw a card. So you would just go Malchazar's Imp, Tome Tampering. There are the old payoffs with Silver War Golem and Fist of Jaraxxus. There are the new payoffs with the, uh, the two five Taunty guy, Walking Dead, and Soul Barrage, which does six pings to random enemies. Right, yeah. And 
you would make a bunch of copies of all these. Oh, Hand of Gul'dan. So, the deck played Cataclysm. Two copies Cataclysm. It's a Kobold's card, I think. Four mana, discard your hand, destroy all creatures. There was this game where I had three Hands of Gul'dan in hand, and I played Cataclysm and drew nine. It just, it was completely absurd in terms of just how much stuff you got to do for free and how much draw you got to do and and how you would kill without doing anything. Like, they would just fall over. They would just be out of life, out of nowhere. So uh, they needed to do something here. And I am not tuned into Wild enough to know if this was the right thing, but I do know that it seems to have stopped happening, so yay. (laughs) Well, yeah, they literally cannot do it anymore. It's not even a nerf. It's a literal ban, which, you know, I mean, I feel like we're seeing bans in Wild more and more often, which is probably a good thing. If there's something that you just can't fix, then get rid of it if it's being problematic. (laughs) Well, so when these cards rotate, and by the way, we are four months away from a lot of the first wave of bands ever rotating into wild stealer of souls among them mm-hmm. um some of the the demon seed so they can't just keep them banned because the whole logic behind bands is we will leave these cards as in in standard where they serve a purpose and we will ban them in wild so that we can maintain their play in standard and then rework them however we need to rework them once they get to wild it's coming Three, four months is coming. So we'll see what they do. But in an emergency patch situation or a a two-week patch situation to fix a format like Wild, there has not been any kind of time to do large format testing or a small number that'll fix it. And the play pattern that Tome Tampering decks were doing was pretty degen. Just get it out of the picture for now and deal with it later. It's fine. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so uh, we now have a ton of buffs to talk about, and they are basically all DK, which I think is a good thing, or they are all DK, right? Uh, Which is a good thing because um, we talked a lot before Death Knights actually launched about how we were really hoping that this wasn't going to be Demon Hunter 2.0 in that we didn't want it to just be Death Knight Stone, and it was not. I mean, I still do see quite a lot of Death Knights. I did like people trying to find the hotness, trying to make it work, but it never really got there. And so DKs needed to be buffed. And I think that this is a a, a good thing. And I know, Hat, you were you were speaking about this last week, too. How I mean, we talked about worlds, how nobody even brought DK to worlds. So like that advertising's no good. We're coming up on the holidays. People are going to want to buy presents. And the last thing that you want is for your current hotness to just have totally flopped. So Something needed to be done and quickly. And uh, yeah, so we got a ton, ton of buffs to uh, DK. So first and foremost, we got a buff to Corpse Bride. So this went from spending up to eight corpses to spending up to 10 corpses. So you can now make a 10-10 instead of an 8-8 when you play Corpse Bride on five. So mana cost didn't change. Her stats didn't change. But the actual summon now becomes uh, a 10-10 instead of an 8-8 if you have the corpses available. So, uh, which, you know, obviously is more of, well, not obviously, she doesn't have any sort of deck building condition on her. She doesn't have any runes. She's a a neutral DK card, (laughs) but um, she does have, um, or I guess she does work better in, I would say, an unholy deck because they do the best at generating corpses. So you can tend to have 
or I've been able to uh, generate 10 corpses by turn five quite easily. So then you're getting a 4-4 and a 10-10 on turn five, which is pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Celestial. Celestalon is saying no rune or unruned, <laughs> not neutral. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> I call them. I call them base. Say base DK ah, cards. Okay, that's that one syllable. Too. And Celestalon has suggestions that have a bunch of syllables, and I don't want to yeah. say that many things. No. Um, <laughs> but if you squint closely, Corpse Bride, you'll realize this. This is an unholy card. It's they they buffed a lot of cards for unholy. Uh, and Corpse Bride in particular, if you look at the things they buffed, Meat Grinder on three to gain four corpses, so you can curve that into uh, Tomb Guardians on four, which needs four corpses exactly. Corpse Bride moved it up to, you can spend up to ten. They moved Stitch Giant down to a nine cost, because they want you to go Corpse Bride, Stitch Giant in the same turn, and before, you needed to have already spent two corpses or otherwise you couldn't do that in the same turn. But it turns out, 5 mana for a 4-4 and 2 8 not really even that good in pre-nerf standard, uh, and still, like, pretty decent now, but totally dealable. So, I definitely <laughs> have noticed that, that even when I'm playing, like, some amount of stats, so the 4-4 stats, and then somewhere between, like, 7 to 10 or I guess like 7-7 seven, seven to 10-10, ten, ten, I'm still, like, it's not necessarily living to my next turn. Like, standard right now is so powerful, obviously six set meta, but it's just it's so frustrating to make a 10-10 ten, ten on turn five and have it not live. And it's just like, but how? Why? <laughs> that was my big move. Uh, so, but I, I will say, I do think that the, the deck in general has gotten a lot more powerful. So, like we said, Corpse Bride had that update. Uh, Malignant Horror is another uh, base DK card. So at the end of your turn, spend five corpses to summon a copy of this minion is what it used to be. Now at the end of your turn, spend four corpses to summon a copy of this minion. Um, I still don't play with this. It's a four mana, two, four reborn with that text. So uh, I have not seen any horrors. I, the horrors aren't in my deck. I just still don't think this is a great card. <laughs> So this is not for straight unholy. The buff that matters to this card that's also in this patch is Blood Tap. Blood Tap is a double blood card, which you're making. You're going from, all out of order. <laughs> I, they, they did it, not me. They sorted by rune, not by like package. Uh, blood Tap is <laughs> is DK conditioning, right? It's two mana, double blood rune. Give all minions in your hand plus one plus one. It used to be spend three corpses to give them plus one plus one more. Now it's spend two corpses. This is really good with Malignant Horror, but the problem before is you would never have the corpses to play this early, and then you would never have the corpses to double your Malignant Horror. So now, you're a lot more likely to get two, four, six Malignant Horrors with Reborn on turn four. Okay. All right. And if you look on HS Replay, there is a deck that is labeled as Blood DK, but is actually Unholy Blood Hand Buff. That's over 50% win rate since patch. That sounds interesting. And this is the thing with these like third third party aggregate sites, right? Is that like they they tend to try to very high level label things. And then I look at things and go, I don't want to play control. I'm not going to look at that blood death knight. But 
that sounds really cool. Blood Unholy Mix, like doing hand buffy things. That sounds like something I could be into because I have really been enjoying uh, Unholy since the changes. So yeah, that's that's maybe something you'll have to send me that list. I'll play it later. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, like I said, that was Malignant Horror. Now we got our first Unholy card, our first official Unholy card, Meat Grinder, you had mentioned. Uh, so it used to be shred a random minion in your deck to get three corpses. Now it is uh, shred a random minion in your deck to get four corpses. So it provides you with more. Plus, it's also uh, gives you a corpse when it dies. So uh, you have a total of five corpses for three mana uh, and a three four, which is uh, which is pretty decent uh, on curve. So um, I know a lot of people don't like meat grinder. I don't really have that much of a problem with meat grinder because I think of it like I used to think of tracking where it's like, what if that minion was just on the bottom of my deck and I never would have seen it this game anyways? <laughs> I don't care yep. if I if I mulch it because I wasn't going to get it anyway. Um, that's just that's how I think about it. And then I don't get quite as mad about ruining something in my deck. <laughs> and you can kind of tell as well. The unholy was the was the rune that most interacted with the new resource. And new resources are tricky because you never really know how it's going to work in practice when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Even when you're designing it, you're not quite sure how it's going to play and how much pressure the player is going to be under and what the opponents are going to do. And corpses in particular, it became clear it was harder to get them than we wanted. And it was uh it was harder to use them than we wanted. So they made all that easier. They made it smoother and easier to spend smaller amounts of corpses, get bigger amounts of corpses. Let's use this new resource. A lot of the adjustments, one, two, three, four changes in this patch were to corpse income or expense, like ingoing or outgoing, just because they needed to tune the numbers a little bit to make the play patterns a little cleaner. I'm glad they did it. It's going to take a while for them to get this right because it's a brand new resource and the other resources that Hearthstone has have been around for 10 years. Yeah, not just a new class, but a whole new way to pay for things, which is which is going to, like you say, need some adjustment, need some balancing. So uh, we also saw a change to Blight Fang. So it used to be a 3-3. Three, three, now it's a 3-4. Uh, same mana cost, everything else, same effect. So uh, again, this is a battle cry, legendary. In fact, all enemy minions, when they die, you summon a 2-2 zombie with taunt. And the 2-2 zombie is not a risen card, so does generate a corpse. And I don't know about you, Hat, but I've noticed a lot of people doing uh, minion-based, particularly aggressive minion-based, like little stuff, um, in this current post-patch meta, Probably because of the Renathal change and people feel like the aggressive decks are going to be more um, viable. And so my Blight Fangs have been doing work. <laughs> like it's I, like I'm getting, you know, I'm turning their one ones into my two twos and also resource generating for the rest of my cards that I'm going to play in later turns. So I feel like uh, Blight Fang is like really good right now with just not necessarily for the like the stats on turn three, but just the um, changing of your or their minions to your minions and you getting a gain in stats. I've noticed that happening quite often, even when I play this on curve, like on turn three, on turn four, 
I'm definitely noticing that I'm getting a lot of use out of Blight Fang. It's, it's a really good card right now. Again, I think that's meta dependent, not um, specifically the stats or the effect on Blight Fang. It's definitely the way the meta is right now, at least where I am. It's so the, the DK buffs, the dev comment here, Death Knight is a cool new class that many players want to try out. So we're making some adjustments to open them up a little and give them more toys to tinker with. Like with the nurse, these buffs are designed to be higher confidence. We specifically look for low play rate DK cards that seem primed for upgrades. The plan is to take another look in the next balance pass. They said low play rate, not necessarily low win rate, which is good because Blightfang was good already. It was it was just fine already. Just people weren't playing a lot of minions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they needed to buff this because they just nerfed all the scams that kept people from playing minions. But this is a good card. This is like if you play, there are a lot of decks you could play against right now where this is like six two two taunts. Yeah, I mean it's to the point that like I have to be very careful like how many of my opponent's minions that I kill just because I don't have board space and I want all my two twos. I want all my corpses. So. I mean, it it is. It's it's really good, really good card, and I feel like it's been performing really well for me, particularly since the the meta changes. Uh, we already mentioned Stitch Giant, Wait, hold on. so Stitch. Hold on. Oh, White Fang. It is now literally a spider tank. <laughs> get out of here, hat. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> get out. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> Stitch Giant, uh, we already mentioned, went from uh, 10 to 9, and uh, nothing else about the card has changed. So same number of runes, same um, text, same stats, everything else. So uh, Stitch Giant now can, like we said, be played alongside Corpse Bride in the same turn. So uh, really good changes there for Unholy. Uh, we also saw Deathbringer gets a change going from uh, 3 I like three you just skipped over the first three. word. Oh, yeah, I just skipped over, yeah, the weird Y word. Your Marmajar. Marmajar. Yes, Marmalade. Marmalade Deathbringer. Yeah. Marmalade Deathbringer uh, went from a 3 it's a 3 jar to a 4 of 3. Marmalade. That's what it yeah. is. Uh, but no other changes to the actual card itself. Um, so taunt death rattle spend three corpses to summon a three three risen with taunt so the risen marmalade doesn't give you corpse (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i'm gonna call it from now on risen marmalades um but yeah so the the taunt death rattle all of that stuff is still the same so we just get the extra attack which makes it a little bit more aggressive a little bit more you know, able to clear. We want the death rattle to trigger, which means we want less health. So I think like, again, this isn't a card that I've seen. This isn't a card that I've played with even since the changes, um, but it kind of lines up with what I would think would be a, a good buff to this card. This card was not on my radar for buffs because I forgot that it existed multiple times. So Same. probably a good opportunity to buff it. Uh, adding power to a taunt seems kind of sketch as far as a buff because usually you want to add butt um but like <laughs> but i mean i guess the purpose here is that you can attack with it right it's it they're they're not adding value to this as a defensive tool they're adding value as an offensive tool if your opponent doesn't want to play to the board uh a three and a four three is a lot more effective at that than a three three but this is a pretty small change in the grand scheme of things for what unholy is trying to do but again 
this is a big pass at globally underplayed DK cards. We're not going to see them reinvent yeah. the wheel here, and it would be a nightmare if they overbuff DK right before the holidays. So there is no yeah. risk of that with giving an extra point of power to Marmajar. <laughs> uh, so Rhyme Sculptor also had a change. Uh, this was another 3-3 that became a 4-3. So if you don't remember, uh, the Rhyme Sculptor is a Frost card. Battle Cry summoned two... 2-1 Rhyme Elementals with Death Rattle deal 2 damage to a random enemy. So a pretty offensive card where uh, you're also putting some some bodies on board that are going to give you some corpses as well. So kind of a combination of some offensive damage dealing powder power as well as corpse generators. Uh, so all, overall, you're now getting 8-7 uh, of stats. Uh, plus the two pings of two each. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're I haven't again, I haven't seen this one. I've seen a lot of frosty K's, but they haven't been doing rhyme sculpting. <laughs> yeah. And current in chat mentioned oddly with all these buffs, none of these cards are in what I've been seeing a ton with frosty K's from hand burst. The yeah. biggest buff to frosty K was the Renathal nerf. Because they get five free damage at the start of the game against those decks. <laughs> so that is easily the most impactful thing. The Frosty K was almost good enough before, except for the extra 10 health they had to deal with, and now they don't anymore. So format has changed. Burn spells are a lot better because an eighth of the Renathal health decks is missing. So a card like Rhyme Sculptor, this might be played in a Marrow Manipulator Undead uh, Frosty K deck. It's better now, but I don't think this pushes any particular build over the line. I'm not sure how compelled I am to play this, but if my opponent isn't playing to the board, I get to hit them for one more damage. I'll take it. It's fine. Uh, Obliterate also got a change. So this is a blood DK card. Old destroy a minion. Your hero takes damage equal to its health. Now you get to destroy a minion and your hero just takes three damage regardless of how big the minion was that it's being destroyed. Um, so this is uh, potentially like a pretty big buff because you can now you can target anything and murder it for two mana and three health instead of two mana and uh, what it, what was your radiant elemental in your boon? Twenty uh, three health. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you could potentially save yourself twenty health if you're playing against a priest. <laughs> Seems pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. It, before it didn't. It like before it was a card you could only use to kill small minions because you would just die, right? And yeah, a, a single target removal spell that can't hit anything big is kind of bad. <laughs> But, defeats the purpose. <laughs> but now, this makes it really hard to build a tall minion into blood decay because they just kill mm -hmm. it and just like, I'll take three. Whereas it's actually way worse against smaller minions because you take more damage. So, interesting, but two mana kill a thing is really, really good. And now, like, the added upside is you do not also die. You do not kill target mm -hmm. thing and yourself, which is like, it's better <laughs> to not do that. Um, Seems good, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> I think this is a really nice safety valve for the format that if really big minions out of nowhere start being a thing, Blood Decay's be like, nah, and just get rid of it. <laughs> Blood Decay says no. <laughs> but also, the biggest buff in this patch might be School Teacher because this card off of School Teachers is just nice to have access to. Yeah, that's it's just it's nutty.
Uh, and then our final uh, buff for DK, we did get, we have already talked about, which is Blood Tap, which is uh, spending two corpses instead of three to buff everything in your hand an additional time. So that's everything that was buffed on the DK side of things. Again, they were aiming for stuff that was um, low play rate. So nothing that was already kind of making the cut into decks. And I will say, uh, let's just talk about it right now because I'm not sure we're going to have time to go into emails this week. So um, we did get an email from King Duplis, who was basically talking about um, unholy DKs and how it doesn't really seem like the unholy decks are, are doing particularly well. And is there anything that we think that it needed uh, in order to or what's missing to make it viable? So do you want to have a, just a general DK conversation right now before we move into the BG changes? Um, because I think that now is probably a good time <laughs> if you're up for it. Yes. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I think that um, in terms of uh, Unholy being DOA, I had, that is basically all I've been playing in the last couple of days since this patch hit. And I've been doing really well. I think it's I mean, there are some time like there are just some decks that just counter you. So, for instance, Mage, Mage and all their freezing. They can stop with that now. <laughs> like Speaking of play patterns, we don't enjoy uh, stop freezing my shit. OK, because sometimes I want to make a big minion early. And if that big minion sticks around for eight turns, but I can never use it, that's just not fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like that's a problem. Like we just talked about the obliterate change. Uh, Blood DK can be a problem for unholy. But I played against a lot of other decks other than that. And I know everyone is kind of playing around in the format right now and trying to figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't. So there's going to be some uh, lower powered decks in the meta as well. But uh, I've been having a great time on Unholy. I think it's really fun. And I took the deck that I had day one, which I think was a Vicious Syndicate Unholy deck. Um, it was the Vicious Syndicate deck that just has it's it's the giant deck, I think. So it's got the the two stitch giants, the corpse uh, brides, and then a whole bunch of like little early corpse generation uh, also has Marogar and uh, the uh, permanent bloodlust card. Grave strength. Grave strength. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, that's the deck that I've been playing and I've been having a lot of success with it and a lot of fun. So, I mean, it's kind of this like interesting combo of like almost like old school handlock, but also like a little bit of zoo, because instead of like having a whole bunch of stuff in your hand, you want to put a whole bunch of stuff on your board to die, which it seems really odd that you're spending mana just to make a whole bunch of reborn one ones that like you want them to die. That's their whole entire purpose is just die so that I can take all your parts and make a giant. <laughs> but yeah, I really, really, really don't like uh, mages <laughs> freezing all of my big stuff. But I mean, other than the the like mages with like the skeleton package and the freeze ability, then like blood decays is the other not great matchup, but everybody else has been fine. I, I think Unholy is actually in a pretty decent place. Frostworm's Fury, though. It's, I imagine Frostworm's Fury also Games not great. Games don't get that far. Really? I, I haven't. Yeah, I've been able to kill people long before that ever happens. Like I'm basically winning games on five and six. What deck are you playing? I just said it's literally one of yours. Oh, is is it the <laughs> well, option vicious list? syndicate? Wait, vicious syndicate. I, I don't what know. Is... It was it was from vicious syndicate from the because I didn't make any changes to it whatsoever. I just uh, I had to finish the DK event 
And so I just grabbed my day one DK deck, my unholy DK deck, and I played that. And I was like, wow, this is actually good now. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, I know, right? <laughs> wow. I'm going to do this later instead I of mean, uh, editing the show and finishing it on time. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's it's it was called like the unholy giant DK deck or something from oh, the you're playing from the giant the 40... one. Okay. With yeah, the yeah. one battleground battlemaster? Yes, yeah, with the Wind Fury. Yeah. So basically yeah. like on five, I go Corpse Bride, get a 10-10, and then one or two eight eights, and then throw down Wind Fury Battlemaster, and then they're super dead. <laughs> Especially with the Renathal change. I have I've seen so many more people with just 30 health. And I'm like, huh, I can do 30. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to try this later tonight. Thank you, Joss. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think Unholy is in, in a better place than people give it credit for. It can that do is some probably stuff. true. They don't give it much credit. Um, they don't and, give it any credit at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The, and there's also just not that much data on it as well. Like, not a lot of people are trying it, which I think is no. pretty significant. And a lot of the people that are trying it, I'm looking at these decklists in the HS replay. Some of them have the scourge into Sire Denathrius. What are you doing, people? What are you doing? <laughs> I had somebody scourge me and then I just murdered them. <laughs> I was like, you didn't get any taunt. You didn't get any lifesteal. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> it's kind of dark. Kind of a dark sentence that you just shared. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like, I'm glad you're having a good time with it. I think... My grand, my big picture look at the format is that I feel like people forget that we got a new expansion and that people got to try stuff and figure it out, especially with a brand new class. Frost is working. If you look statistically at HS Replay, Frost is a good deck with multiple people trying it. And the Renathal buff was a big deal, but Frost DK is better than Spellfell Relic Demon Hunter. It's on par with that and Imp Warlock right now. Good place to be. Solid deck. Blood DK not lining up quite as well right now, but a lot of the reactive decks have stuff they got to work on. But we're in a pretty wide meta where people are trying some stuff. Not every strategy is figured out. There's a lot of stuff you can do. There are new things. You can still play your old cards. It's more proactive and more lethal than the other two formats were this year. Games aren't going to turn 10. And remember, we all just spent four months complaining about a 10 drop. Mm-hmm. That is not this format. Denathrius would have been worse even if they didn't nerf him. I'm glad they did. But it would have been worse even if they didn't. And you can just kind of do all sorts of stuff and be like Joss and try Unholy DK. Go ahead. Try it out. <laughs> try it out. Try see. it. It's fun. I try, promise. I promise. Try and be like Joss. Try it. And I've been playing. What have I been playing? I Some Frost DK. Some, uh, I've been trying some Agra DH again. Uh, haven't been playing any Druid. Hunter Shockspitter Hunter is still really fun. Agro Mage, really cool. It's like a tempo mage deck where you kill them with frozen touches and stuff. And Egg Win, really, really great. Uh, Paladin, I've been enjoying pure Paladin. Foreshadowing. For the first time in uh, <laughs> ever. Um, Priest. I, I'm going to find a Shadow Priest deck. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Haven't bothered playing any rogue yet. I'll get back to that later. Shaman has... There's a Bloodless Shaman deck that's quite good. There are Evolve Shaman decks that are quite good. I was gonna say, they're doing evolvey things like shamans do. <laughs> yeah. But you I'll can just also be glad. Yeah, I'll just be glad when Snowfall Guardian is gone. And then I feel like I can look at Shaman again and see what they're up to because uh, Snowfall Guardian is just... Don't like it. 
nobody is playing that except for your opponents like three times. I know. Nobody else. So don't don't worry. It's not it's not out there. And it's <laughs> none of the shaman decks that I'm playing. No, we're doing good, honest stuff like evolving our goal our goldshire gnolls and then playing Vol'jin to cheat out a Neptalon, like Brode intended. Good. <laughs> none of these snowfall guardian shenanigans. As long as there are tiny toys in your deck, you're a good shaman. Good job, shaman. <laughs> I, since when are of all shamans the good guy? What has happened to 2022? <laughs> Right? <laughs> it's absolutely wild. Uh, yeah, so I think overall the, the meta feels like it's in... I, I'm glad that with the, the state the meta is currently in. I don't know if it's going to be good long term, but I feel like there's a little bit more space now to try new things and to figure things out. So I think this is a good state for it to be over the holidays, and I'm glad that the team was able to to get these changes in. Uh, ahead of that break. So um, we do have some more changes to talk about, though, because we also got uh, not just standard changes. They were BG's updates, too. So uh, first, before we jump into this, Bofer, thank you so much for the raid. I know, we've, you know, it's, it was forever ago now in Twitch time. But thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for raiding the channel. Uh, we are now into BG's land. So I know this is what you're all here for is BG's changes talk. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, Slissa and Bofer and all the other uh, BG streamers have probably done a much more in-depth dive into all of this stuff uh, but we did get a battlegrounds change as well and many many battlegrounds changes including like the biggest one and there were there were quest reward updates here and i'll talk about that in a second but toxfin to six <laughs> like this is wild and huge and like why would you ever triple on five now <laughs> so I mean, sixes, I'm not as worried about sixes whiffing because, like, sixes are still worth chasing and dynamic and variable game states. And also, now poison takes longer. Fine. Which I think that is, I think that's the good and healthy part of this change is that now you can't, you know, have a whole board full of poison, you know, that much earlier in the game. Like, it's going to take a little bit longer it, there's going to be less of it in the lobby. This, in general, I think is very good. It's It doesn't get rid of poison. It's still something that you can do if you're, you know, so that we still have that kind of counterplay to big, huge stat boards. And I think that's good and needs to exist. And we've talked about that in the past. Uh, but I think that where it was, it was just too early. But I feel like six is just, oh, it's so far. <laughs> Toxfin is just, it's it's so far away. Um, but again, I think that it's probably good and healthy for the meta for it to for poison to exist in that space um, just doesn't let you kind of uh, scam out some wins earlier on. It means that there's some actual decisions to be made. So I I've heard feedback from high level players, which is it's not me. I am not. I am <laughs> not that I am nowhere near that. But some of the feedback I've heard from high level players is that it's so much harder to fight back against an early snowball now and that poison served a really important role because they were also the relatively small group of players that knew how to beat poisons right you would see mm. these when you like uh, i watch a lot of dog youtube vods to be like wow it'd be amazing if i could ever do that and you know i can't um <laughs> and he'll just pick up selflesses and whatever or tunnel blast i don't Baron know and selfless yeah and, and a tunnel just, yep <laughs> he'll just do stuff and then make the poison murlocs go away I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. But people at that level are now posting these screenshots of crazy boards where they hit a really early high roll and no one can ever catch them. So mm -hmm. 
I don't think that is, I don't think that's something that needs to be a permanent thing. And I don't know if it's necessarily a bad part of the meta that it's the way it is, but it is a change from how it was before. And poison at, at that level was serving a purpose. It is worth noting as well, when you look at the dev comment here, though not a power outlier at most levels, it's the opening. It's the first thing they say, though not a power outlier at most levels. You know how you talked about priests' design space? Murlocs are priests, right? Like, people hate <laughs> losing true. to big butt poison minions in a really major way. And so they changed it because people felt bad about it and kept talking about it. But I don't know if this was a problem. Just people felt like it was. So I'm sure there will be some more changes coming down the line. This is... We're going to get the BG's patch in weeks, right? In in mere weeks from now. Yeah, they added the pre-order for season three. That was also uh, came out this week. And I will say one thing, and I literally texted this to Hat. I'm like, just this is a placeholder so that I don't forget. Uh, I did think it was really cool that when you logged in to play BG's, the changes were in the client. So they were like, hey, guess what? First and foremost, the winter sale, there are BG things on sale in the in-game shop. Um, so Battle.net has their big, huge winter sale. There was nothing listed for Hearthstone, but it's all in the client. It's not actually available on the Battle.net shop. So um, it was really cool to see that they had a pop-up to be like, hey, guess what? We're, we are celebrating Winter Vale. We're having a, a, a winter sale and this is where you find it. But then having the actual information about the changes pop up in the client, I thought was a really, really good thing. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, I think, really, really good. Um, so four to six is the Toxfin change uh, to Tavern Tier Jump, which also means many less copies in the pool. Um, but we also did have some quest changes. I had a Denathrius game earlier where I got both Pilfered Lamps and Wondrous Wisdom Ball, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. I mean, although I will say I basically had the same board of golden beasts with golden barons and shenanigans um, from like turn nine onwards and just, yeah nothing really changed. So I was like, I'm, I'm playing through my shop turns and I'm like, there's nothing I can do. I'm not even hunting triples. Everything on my board is gold. What is happening? <laughs> it's, I, I love lamp. I love lamps. <laughs> I take, whenever I see pilfered lamps, I take pilfered lamps. Whenever I see hero Don Grasp, I take Don Grasp. And if I get to do Don Grasp lamps more, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that thing. It's, it's, I'm glad that they took all of the rarer quests and let people just try them out. They even acknowledged partner yeah. in crime. And also, I would like to call out a note. They buffed Teal Tiger Sapphire again. <laughs> I Before the show, I asked my buddy Mitchell, who works in the BG team, how many times have you buffed that? He said, I think six. So, wow. It's a tough reward to work with it's really narrow but also i just think it's kind of funny they're like we changed a bunch of things teal tiger sapphire got buffed how many times has that happened six now yeah 
so they did make some easier to earn uh, and things being seen more frequently. So uh, Hidden Treasure Vault and Teal Tiger Sapphire both are now easier to earn. Uh, Kidnap Sack is harder to earn. And then Partner in Crime, Pilfered Lance, Wond Wondrous Wisdom Ball and Yogtastic Tasties will now be seen more frequently. And basically... This is all because we are heading into the new season, right? So um, they told us that quests were not going to be something that we're going to stick around. This was a seasonal affix, if you want to think about it that way. I can't remember the term that they actually... Someone's been playing M+. Plus. Someone's yeah, been so playing exactly. M+. Plus. <laughs> I'm over on the WoW side a lot right now. Um, but yeah, basically, um, it's, it's the seasonal thing. It was always meant to leave... And so they're letting us uh, play around with some crazy things for the last few weeks of this season. So if you haven't been in BGs for a while, get your quest time in now. They also took Mechano Tank and they took White Mane out of the pool. So uh, that's a good thing, I think, because like so oh, White Mane, it was such an interesting she was a idea. Yeah, she was such an interesting idea. I thought it was really cool. It was like another zap like mechanic but the problem was there was really like the counterplay to her wasn't as i guess obvious as zap like it felt like she was just way too disruptive and if like your opponent guessed the perfect spot to put her they could almost like counterplay you again and like i don't know it just it seemed to create some really feels bad toxic type moments where it was just like well now my entire comp is garbage <laughs> so i don't know for some reason she just felt worse than zap even though targeting things that you shouldn't normally be able to target is kind of the mo of both cards but like zap is fine and she was awful <laughs> yeah it's I think that she was meant to give the feeling of agency, but it ended up just being this random psych out game of where do I put this thing? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, just like murdering my fun thing was, wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't think that I, I need to get more complicated than that. I would build this fun comp and play around Zap, which has been the, the counter fun card for a long time. And they would just be like, nah, just kill it now. And look, but I just, but I spent all game on that. And then it just didn't work. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, so they actually brought some stuff back in as well. So, uh, which, which wing nest matron and mechano egg, which I love mechano egg and Mithrax and seafood, seafood slinger are all back into the minion pool. So I think these are all interesting cards. I I'm glad mechano egg is back. Honestly, I, I missed it. I really liked that card. So I'm glad it's back and, and Mithrax as well, because Mithrax was always uh, kind of fun to play around. It came late enough. It never felt too overpowered, but I do really like um, menagerie type, especially when now that we have Theotar as a as a tool on the kind of upper end of menagerie, you can kind of Mithrax into Theotar and do some really powerful stuff. So um, yeah, I think this is this is going to be a fun few weeks in uh, in the BG's world before we get the, the super big uh, new season patch, which again, I don't think we have a date for, but um, January is is kind of like a good bet. Does it actually say in the pre-purchase what the date is for the new BG's patch? Put you I on the spot as you <laughs> quickly <laughs> open things up. I don't think it says the date, but I would guess it, it the 10th is the absolute earliest. Now I would guess it's probably closer to the 17th. 
Um, yeah. Just as far as their patch cycles go, the last two weeks of the year at the office, they do, well, the last week and a half of the year or so, uh, starting around now, they're closed. But December, they do something called Free Your Mind, where the people get a chance to work on side projects. Um, like, they just, they, they make something, and they pitch it, and they throw it together, and they give it, uh, and they let the rest of the team see it. Um, and there's holiday break, and they don't usually get the patches completely assembled right away. Like, if they don't get back to the office January 3rd on Tuesday and be like, all right, ship a patch today. That's not how that goes. You got to <laughs> wind everything back up. And usually the BG's patch are pretty big these days. So I would mm-hmm. guess to do a full round of testing for the stuff they've already been working on and to make sure it's ready to go, probably closer to Tuesday the 17th is my current bet. Could be... Like, maybe Thursday the 12th, you could do a Thursday patch if you wanted to. Uh, that might be the way to go. But I'd be surprised if it was earlier than Thursday the 12th at, uh, at the earliest. Like, maybe the 10th if it's already ready to go, but I doubt it. Because they've shipped, as we said, yeah, they've done incremental so much patches already. in two yeah. weeks. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, then there were also some arena updates and some bug fixes, but, uh, yeah, you guys can check out the patch notes to see all of those. Was there anything of note that you wanted to, uh, to point out before we move on? Uh, potion belt can get to the same thing now. I think that's the most important gameplay wise. Uh, you'll notice if you look at your Asalor eights, it says deal 16 instead, instead of deal eight more card works the same. They just clarified the wording. So you understand how brand works with it. Um, don't need to worry about it. But Potion Belt getting two of the same thing is a big deal because before it couldn't. It worked like regular Discover where when you pull things out of the bag, they weren't in the bag anymore. But this is meant to be right. a fresh concoction every time. So I the most important case here is you can now discover double deadly shot or double damage. So if you want to go build a fireball or build two deadly shots, you can do that. Whereas before it was not possible. Right. All right. So yeah, that's that's everything <laughs> that came in the patch. And uh, Hat also has follow-up discussion. What's the meta like now? We're just not doing that, Hat. We're just not we doing that. We did that already. We kind we did of that did that, that a little bit already. Yeah. yeah all right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So uh, we had Worlds this weekend as well, uh, which was so cool to see. And we talked a little bit about it last week in like heading into it. And I think that we were not disappointed. There were so many matches I felt this weekend where I was sitting there watching them going, I don't even understand what's happening right now, but this is so freaking cool. In particular, that uh, Priest Mirror in the finals. So we are going to spoil things. So if you haven't watched Worlds or if you, yeah, just so you know, spoilers. I'm making jazz Uh, hands. This is an audio format. Why am I doing this? (laughs) Because everyone always loves jazz hands and you can, you can just feel it. You don't need to see it, see it. You can feel it when jazz hands are happening. But yeah, so uh, that Priest Mirror in particular in the final was just absolutely insane like the just the plays that bunny hopper made to like specifically to like burn his uh cast when drawn um mida meta cards <laughs> you know uh, what i mean so the, and, mita you know they were going when, mita yeah. okay <laughs> when she dies she shuffles a shard into your deck and when you draw the shard yes. you recast so what bunny did Instead of going for the I'm not going to fatigue because I'm just going to do meter or whatever, like uh, with cast one drawn, you still fatigue. Yes. He filled yeah. his hand with with the vision from Sister Svalna and then shuffled a bunch of meter shards in the deck because when you burn them, they don't cast, which means you get an extra yes. tick of not fatiguing. 
a brilliant plan. Deadraw was fatiguing at eight or nine by the end, and Bunny maybe hit one. It was brilliantly yeah. executed, but also yeah. took forever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was really funny because I, I mean I don't I think what was it three to one in the end for Bunny, um, and it was really funny because the final took like two and a half hours, maybe longer, and it was like you would think that that would be like a full five set match, and it turned out to be like. Three really quick games and then Priest Mirror. <laughs> like, it was insane. And I mean, the level of play was such that even half the time the casters didn't know what was happening, which is fine, I feel, in this case, because like there are so many interactions in Hearthstone. And I was actually watching Language Hacker when he was kind of um, talking about this specifically. And you should all go and watch his uh, channel from, I guess it was Sunday. And he kind of like went over his thoughts about the finals. And it was like so well articulated because obviously he's also a Hearthstone pro. So uh, he understands basically what happened even more so than what I do. And essentially his point was that there are so many interactions in Hearthstone that there's probably only 10 people in the world who actually know most, if not all of them. And those two were two of them, <laughs> you know, in Bunny Hopper and Dead Drop. So just knowing how to navigate that mirror and make those decisions, like not everyone can do that. So uh, I think that not uh, everyone, again, like, like 12 people in the world can <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, 12 people in the world can do it. Uh, but yeah, so I, I would highly recommend going and looking at the VOD from Sunday from Language Hacker's channel because he did go into a little bit of detail about the finals and like all of the intricacies and why it was such an amazing match. But like there were so many times during the course of the weekend and I mean with the the timing and how it worked out I felt like I only ever saw like the second group of the day so I saw like group two group four and then like the semifinals finals I missed all the earlier stuff but uh, the things that I was able to watch live oh man there were so many amazing matches like some of the the Yarla games are really good we had uh, rematches of like previous finals because we had Yarla uh, and Glory facing off against each other. Like it just, oh, there were really so many great moments from Worlds this weekend. It was a brilliant, brilliant broadcast. I, I was working Avatar weekend all weekend, and I still managed to carve out a little bit of time here and there to watch some of these games, especially on Sunday. And I am glad I did because I'm like, I don't watch that much Hearthstone Esports, mostly because of the time conflicts. Um, but this one, it had all the hallmarks of like what we saw last year, where it's a bunch of decks that I hope stop existing on ladder the day the tournament is over, which it happened for the second year in a row. But watching these players navigate these games... We mentioned it last week. They just end up in these game states that I have never seen before and will never see myself. I don't know how we got there. I don't know how they figured out if they were supposed to be there. And from the from the seventy minute <laughs> yeah, prismer, the plan <laughs> from the seventy minute prismer, you could tell that very clearly was the plan. But also, how did he figure out that that was the plan? Had he tested this before? How many years of his life? are missing because he tested priest mirrors and figured out this plan. <laughs> but it was so masterful to see and the emotion on display when on when Bunny won that final game, like, oh my God, I oh felt for Oh my God, him. my heart. <laughs> He's been around yeah, for like, so long too. 
Well, and I found it totally bonkers. And I mean, like, I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus, but we had a Team Liquid versus Team Liquid final and both Dead Draw and Bunny have had their competitive contracts ended by Team Liquid. And I'm just like, what are you doing, Liquid? What is happening? Come on. <laughs> like, and, and obviously, yeah, Bunny winning was just like you say, he's been around forever. He's been competitive forever. And it felt like time. And I love Dead Draw and he is an amazing player. And we've seen a lot of great plays in, you know, championships and everything else that we've seen him play this year. And he's a player who seemed to, and they pointed this out in the broadcast as well, kind of like always just get a little bit screwed by the rules and things changing right when he was coming into something and, you know, just missing out by a point here, a point there. And, you know, so, I mean, he was, he'd had quite a roller coaster ride into worlds. And so they were both very deserving, but there was just something about like, I mean, I remember bunny hopper from like, day one competitive Hearthstone like he's been in the scene forever and I remember like because he is one player that I feel like I know his story because he's been around so long like I remember when they would talk about like him going to school and like getting his doctorate and then you know he got married and it's like I feel like I've like followed his life through Hearthstone esports <laughs> so you've been to there see the whole him, time like, yeah. I've been there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really great to see him uh, kind of like get that final capstone on his like Hearthstone competitive career because he's like won every other accolade. So this was like the final one that it felt very deserving when when he actually won. And, and he just like, yeah, he, he broke down a little, which broke me a little. <laughs> yeah, he's man. He's just such a sensational player. And he's. Yeah. You know, it's, it's he posted that tweet longer right before the event of, you know, re, mm -hmm. uh, his future is going to change a little bit. But after this, you know, he's going to stick around in some degree. Um, just just it was just really good Hearthstone Esports. It was just some really good Hearthstone Esports to see. And it was. I don't know. I kind of want. I wasn't a huge fan of the HT system in 2018 where like people were flying all around the world. It was hard to keep track of. It was expensive for the players and the teams. It felt like there was always a broadcast on, so the individual ones felt less important. I still want a system where people can be supported and feel like it is worth being a competitive Hearthstone player so we can have tournaments like this. But I will say the, you know, eight or nine times a year that we get to see these Hearthstone events, they really do feel like events. And every time I make time for them, I'm kind of glad I do. As mm. opposed to when it was on every weekend, like especially Grandmasters, but even the HTT tour oh, stops. Grandmasters, yeah. yeah. But the HTT tour stops, like there was a tournament every weekend. It's like, what is this for? What is this feed? How much does it pay out? <laughs> Who's there? What's going on? And just, they all just kind of blended together. The events these days, like they feel really distinct and significant. And watching yeah. worlds, like you could feel the intensity even from home. Oh, absolutely. And and one thing to kind of point out as, as a really big question mark that we have right now is there's been no esports announcement yet for next year, which is uh, I feel like kind of odd. I feel like we usually know what's happening and I, I feel like we should know what's happening because we know what's not happening, right? Like this year was the get rid of Grandmasters year. We were phasing everything out. We were, you know, not sure what was actually going to replace Grandmasters and we still don't know. 
And that feels a little bit wild to me and probably why some uh, teams and some players are kind of pulling back from competitive Hearthstone because without Grandmasters, they really don't know what's happening and, and what their future could look like. So, you know, now is the time with a lack of information to, you know, maybe make the switch to be more of a content creator, more of a streamer. So I, I feel like I my expectation anyways is that we would know something by now like I was kind of thinking like early to mid fall like kind of like September October they would tell us what to expect for next year because they've already told us what we're not getting so what's going to fill the void is anything going to fill the void like was this our last world <laughs> so we got a tweet like two hours ago what like after the show notes had already been written I was eating pizza so it's not in the show notes um <laughs> It was, it was margaritas. How pizza. dare you? <laughs> so, uh, Harson Esports tweeted, the details in 2023 are still being finalized with them being published next year. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, the Netties deal probably screwed this budget. Mm. Like, Have we heard much more about that? <laughs> no. And, again, anything in America happening in December is just not a thing. Um, yeah. But... I would guess that it has to do with the Netties deal. And also remember, the YouTube deal is ending in a week and a half. We made it. We made it. But that also means they have to figure out what Twitch looks like. Because mm -hmm. they haven't done that for three years. God. Well, on the, on the official like standard esports side, the Lobby Legends is over on Twitch. And... Um any of like the show matches and everything like the the twitch channel didn't go unused but official hearthstone standard esports like flagship stuff definitely went over to youtube and uh chat room say uh barson and chat room saying wow esports is being simulcast to both um so hopefully hearthstone esports can be can do that as well i can't imagine they'll totally walk away from youtube just because like however small the audience is they still do have some people over there that are may not use twitch so i mean like you probably at this point have to keep both going but i mean if you can get away with simulcasting then hooray but um i mean that was one thing that kind of broke my heart watching hearthstone esports this year is that like for the vast majority of time at least when i noticed i didn't have it like i had it full screen for the finals so i didn't notice if the numbers went up at that point but like they didn't break 10k and i was just like man oh man i remember when we had like 200,000 people watching this stuff and it just like yeah uh, not even breaking 10k on the world championship finals just made me feel so sad the Hunter Ace Viper Finals was 100,000 people, I think. And that was also mm. quite a tournament. I really enjoyed watching that one. And every time Viper played a card, Hunter Ace would stretch his face into into different shapes. It was really enjoyable <laughs> to watch. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. YouTube just wasn't it. And yep. uh, I, like, I really like the VODs on YouTube. But live esports is for twitch like it's just better over there just how it is and uh maybe yep. i'm gonna say something dumb joss i'm gonna do it <gasps> maybe when hearthstone esports gets back to twitch we can have good moderation over there 
Look at me being <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what comes next year. Uh, really quick, BlizzCon's coming back. That's coming next year. There's no other news, but that was a news item that came up today. Uh, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more when we get more details in the future. Uh, but before we do end the show, Hat, you wanted to do a short strategy segment about Paladin. I do. Hit it very hard. You wanna blow something up? <laughs> Time to pay! Alright, Hat, you can talk all about Paladin. Why? Man is it ambitious to try and fit this in an episode where they also changed like 17 cards and also reworked like Poison and BGs? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm gonna give a brief lowdown on Pure Paladin because what I like to do after they do a patch, especially now because this is our last episode of the year. Listener, I it want is. you to know what should I do? And we've already covered, first thing you should try and do is be like Joss. That's always good advice. <laughs> always try and do that. But if I had to recommend one deck to you, if you were lost, you're not sure what to do, Pure Paladin. Try it out. It's It's got bubbles. It's got random legendaries. And, to, you know, Cadgar says random legendaries are always good. Cadgar's never wrong. Uh, and <laughs> it's pretty straightforward to pick up, but does have some nuance to it. So, Pure Baldin, it's pretty meta. Dexter's asking in chat, is this off meta? No, Dexter. It's on. It's on the meta. It's part of the meta. You can play it anyways. <laughs> um, but it's pure Paladin, but you get a little mana cheating. Just a little. And like, okay, sometimes a lot. And mana cheating is fun, so we want to do this. Uh, so, the new Blood Elf cards are pretty important. Sanguine Soldier, the one mana two one, it deals you two when you play it, but it has a, a Divine Shield. Seal of Blood... Three mana to give something, plus three, plus three in Divine Shield, but it deals you three when you play it. It's a holy spell. And one Blood Crusader, it is a six mana five five that Battlecry the next Paladin minion this turn costs you health instead of mana, so you get to cheat a little bit there. The plan here, plan A, play a bunch of small Paladin minions on curve, hit your opponent with them, and buff them. That is generally the plan. Plan B not even B, the later game plan, involves ordering the court into the Countess. So this deck does not play Lightforge Carrial. She's going to rotate. You don't have to craft her if you don't have her. This is the first Paladin deck you can play since she's been printed. So the top of the curve is very specifically curated. There's two Light Rays. That's the nine mana 5-5 five, five taunt that, get, that costs one less for every Paladin spell you've played this game. There's the Countess, seven mana 7-7 seven, seven, that gives you the three invitations if your deck has only Paladin cards. And Blood Crusader that we talked about. So, on turn three, or turn two if you still have the coin, if you play Order of order in the Court, you draw Light Ray, and your deck is, in order, Light Ray Countess Crusader. The goal here is to play Order in the Court on turn three going first. It can even be turn three going second if you want, but you can play as early as turn two going second. If you do it on turn two going second, you have to save the coin. On your six-minute turn... You play Crusader Countess. If you have played enough Paladin cards at that point, you may also play Light Rays. If you have not, then you play the following turn. You play three Invitations, and then you play your Light Rays. And that means that your your turn ends up being three free Legendaries and two 5-5 five, five Taunts for free. The turn after you played a 5-5 five, five and a 7-7. Seven, seven. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, that's okay. 
I yeah, I find that uh so I <laughs> I was basically like unable to ever hit this curve. I played what was it like five or six matches with this and I just I did so horribly. So what advice would you give me to fix that? <laughs> Other than just have better luck. <laughs> Having better luck is good advice, but also uh don't feel a need to go crazy out of your way for the order in the court curve I talked about. It is worth noting and important to note that if you have the opportunity to order early without impacting your curve, you can and should. And in particular, Stonehearth Vindicator. A three mana three when it draws a spell that costs three or less, and you can play it for, for zero this turn. So there are only two different distinct spells in the deck. There's Seal of Blood, two of those, and two Order in the Courts. So... Stonehearth Vindicator is a 50-50 draw. You order in the court on turn three when you play it. Yeah, no, see, for me, it's a 100% seal of blood because I have played both Vindicators and pulled both bloods and gone, where's my order in the court? Hat told me that was key. But that's still <laughs> that's my like, spike. that's still a three mana, six, four divine shield. We're, we're cool. We're all right. <laughs> that's, that's still okay. <laughs> it's three mana, six, four divine shield. Pretty solid. Especially if you have, if you play turn two Katori Lightblade, this is a voyage card, a voyage paladin legendary that after you cast a holy spell on this, you cast again another friendly minion. If you go turn two Katori and then you turn three Stonehearth Vindicator and you hit a seal of blood, okay. Because then you have a five, <laughs> six taunt divine shield attack in that turn and you play another one probably on this minion. You get a five, six divine shield and a six, four divine shield in turn three. Pretty good. We take that. The best mulligans in the deck. Righteous Protector, Sanguine Soldier, and Sinful Sous Chef, they're just one-drops. You just take the one-drops. You play those. Don't go crazy looking for the order in the court curve. But if you can order in the court early, if you Stonehearth Vindicator into it on turn three, don't hold it, just play it. That is the key distinction they want to make sure people walk away uh, with this podcast, holding on to, that you don't have to do that, but if you can, you should early, it's okay. Otherwise, Mulligans... If you're on the coin, keep Buffet Biggin. Probably don't keep Bannerman. You look at the stats. People keep Alliance Bannerman 75% of the time, and it is like middle or lower in the deck. Pointing out Bannerman, it's, you don't need to do that, and it's not that great. You want board quickly, and then you want to hit them with your board, and then you want them to die. So Bannerman is a 3-mana 2-2. It is not that exciting. You can play it on turn 3. But do stuff with your first couple turns. And you want to mulligan for stuff. You want to mulligan the top four mulligans in the deck. What? Sanguine Soldier, Righteous Protector, Sinful Sue Chef. Number, number four is Stonehearth Vindicator, which you it's can Stone keep. Hearth, yeah. You can keep if you have a good, a good hand that does other stuff. You can keep a Fae Biggin on the coin. Um, but otherwise, I wouldn't really keep too much else. I would just go look for the one drops. Oh, you can keep Katori. Katori's all right. If you have a one drop and a seal of blood, you can keep Katori. Okay, so... Hit him with your things very early. Katori is good with blood uh, and order in the court. We already know that that's kind of the the main driver of like our big bomb turn. So uh, who am I going to absolutely destroy with this deck? Because that's always what I want to know. First and foremost, if I am seeing blank, I play pure paladin. So who's the blank? So number one, and I know some people are going to play this deck just because of this. So this is why this is first. Ramp okay. <laughs> Druid, Ramp Druid is our best matchup. We annihilate them. It is like 80-20. We destroy them. <laughs> Take it isn't that close Druid. to being close. <laughs> uh yeah, looking 
post-patch ramp druid, 85.7% win rate. Jeez Louise, if you want to beat <laughs> ramp druids, do I have the deck for you? Yeah. So, if you want to beat slow druids, here we are. We made it. You have it. They They cannot keep up with you. It is just not a thing they can do. So, in addition, any off-board decks with damage-based removal, Mind Warlock, Quest Demon Hunter, Miracle Rogue, they can't deal okay, with wait, Divine what Shields. Is, what is Mind Warlock? <laughs> it's, so, Phylactery... I have not seen this. It's a high Legend Darling deck that kills you with okay. Tamsin. <laughs> so, Tamsin's Phylactery for Naval Mines and a bunch of imps, and then they blow them all up. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So... If you're probably not, like, listener, you're probably not going to see this deck. It is barely played in High Legend, starting to get a little spooky, but it's not going to translate well. Um, but if you do ever see it and you're saying, man, how do I beat that deck? Is this one. You do this. They can't They can't keep up with us either. Uh, Quest Demon Hunter, Miracle Rogue, Big Spell Mage, and Shock Spitter Hunter also do not keep up with us, even though they're more board-based, not in the right way. We're decent against Blood Decay. Corpse Explosion is not great for us. Soul Sealer is really bad for us, but you often kill faster. And their early game doesn't line up very well with ours. Um, sorry, Joss, it has a good unholy DK matchup as well. But, you know, you knew that. Divine Shield's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have good unholy matchups, I hear. <laughs> unless they're against you. Uh, so, yep. Spellfell, Roll DH, we're like slightly favored. But they have things like Faldora Warband, which is really bad for us. Um the Renathal nerf was pretty good against the controlling priest matchups. We are slightly unfavored against Evolve Shaman because Primordial Wave, but it's close. Depends if they scam us or not. We are terrible against Frostworm's Fury. Frost DK has <laughs> 28 other cards, but Frostworm's Fury is the one that matters. Snowfall Guardian with Charge, pretty good against our 7 minion deck. Uh, there's Aggro Mage. They also have Freeze into Damage. You will see a pattern here. And then the few <laughs> decks that get under us, Agro Druid, Non-Curse, Imp Warlock, and Swarm Shaman are faster and we don't have removal. Those are the decks that we probably lose the heads-up fight. There are draws where we win, but we don't want to see these matchups. I will say, though, I mean, like Imp Warlock, uh, Agro Druid, like just looking at HS Replay, they're still not terrible. Like you're at 45% versus Agro Druid. Yeah, they're they're close-ish. Like this still has mostly good matchups. The only one that's like noticeably bad, and by that I mean below 40%, is the Frost DK matchup at 37. So, I mean, like... 37 is not great. I wouldn't want to run into a Frost DK. And I know a lot of people are experimenting with DK right now, particularly because of all the buffs that they got um, and the, well, really the the nerfs to everything else, more so than the buffs to DK, as we talked about earlier. But still, um, yeah, I think that uh, overall, the rest of the meta, you have a chance against everybody else. So, I mean, like a Frost DK isn't even the most popular Death Knight. That still belongs to Blood. So... Yeah, I mean, if you've got a good chance against, you know, like 60% of the DKs on ladder, then you absolutely take it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I might I might give this another shot now because also when I played it, it was uh, pre-nerf. So, yes. like, I haven't played it this patch. So, pure Paladin might be might be something to look at now. It is, uh, statistically speaking, it is a top five deck right now. Uh, and... It's a it's a solid solid choice, and this would be probably the best deck in the format 
if Frosty K and Agrimage didn't exist. And Frosty K is definitely like, you can, uh, if you have HSR Premium, you can remove certain decks from the matchups. If you remove Frosty K, then the effective win rate of Pure Paladin jumps like 2% already. Uh, so mm. there, are, there are clear decks that are bad matchups. They're all the ones with Freeze. We don't like Freeze. We're bad against that. But if you're <laughs> against decks that... Seriously. But if you're against decks that don't freeze you, you are probably favored. It's got a really nice matchup spread. Listener, if you're not sure what to do over the holiday break, I would start here. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that, Hat. Uh, and that's going to do it for us this week. You can send your emails into tacpodcast at gmail.com. You can tag us on Twitter or you can send us messages over in our patron Discord channel. Um, then you can also become a patron if you would like access to that Discord. Again, thank you very much to our patrons this week who gave us feedback on the Patreon and what they'd like to see in the new year. You guys are awesome. We are supported by our patrons and now only our patrons over at patreon.com slash tax. So thank you guys so much for that. In particular, our Patreon producers, Dustin C and Jarrett F. Thank you for a wonderful year of the Angry Chicken. You can follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast and you can catch us live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash Joss Plays. That is right here twitch chat if you haven't given us a follow we are here every week talking all of hearthstone news uh hat where can folks find you on the internet if they want more of your content for the next two weeks you can find me at work but when i'm trying not to pay attention to that and sneaking a peek at my phone or i'm in my office then twitter.com slash ridiculous hat is the hub of my hearthstone content that is the best place to go. And I have two other Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Concede, who make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you, and Vicious Syndicate, take a data-driven look at the high-level standard beta game. Uh, Joss, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I am at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. You can also check out my general gaming podcast. It's called The Gamers In. We just did our Game of the Year edition that uh, came out today. It was a lot of fun to do, a great retrospective at everything that we've played this year. Uh, also wanted to remind everybody that you can still donate to our Extra Life campaign that benefits the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022. I am going to be doing a stream on New Year's. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure you guys have all seen the news. Um, there is a massive winter storm coming, so we've had to change our travel plans. I was going to do some streaming this weekend, but now we have to travel much earlier in the week than we were planning for Christmas. So um, I'm not going to be able to stream this weekend. So I'm going to do an extra long uh, New Year's stream and try to uh, get some more donations in that way again it benefits an amazing cause we've done it for like 10 years now i think and uh it's a lot of fun every year so do go and check that out again i'm going to be streaming right here on twitch.tv slash joss plays and that's going to be on new year's eve so do come and check it out and support the cause if you can bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2022 that is going to do it for us this year thank you guys all for being here and until 2023 job's done Job's done with jazz hands. Job's done.